Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. I mean, honestly, when I went to Golden State, I seen how great. I, I got to be a sponge, Draymond, Steph, and Clay, all those dudes. And I seen how they carried themselves. And uh, it's a reason that they're winning just from, you know, them being them. But um, Draymond, was he was that, you know, he was vocal. Um, he was always helping one of you know one another. If he was guarding the best player on the floor, he still helped you know elsewhere. He never treated anybody like they were like I gotta deny this guy. You know, it's only a few of those in the league. But if he's not guarding one of them, if he is, he's still there. He's helping. You hear his voice. Gives guys that are on the ball confidence. It gives guys that are you know low that their next rotation. And like I said, I'm just a fan of the game, so I try to voice it. Um, not a lot of people voice voice stuff on the court during the games. What was D'Lo wearing there? Was it like a, like a gray scarf backwards? Yeah, I think like a big old big old winter scarf. Nice little like like coat, I think too. I don't know. It looked like a I don't know what kind of fashion statement that was, but I kind of like I dig it. it. I kind of want to see Judd. What's that coat cost? Similar. Probably uh, more than oh, my house. Minimum, minimum. Well, I was uh, I was gonna say minimum two thousand no. dollars. I don't think it's I don't think it's like a fifteen thousand. I mean, maybe. Okay. I don't know. I, you know, I just don't. He, know. he didn't get it at Old Navy, I think. All due respect, if Old Navy wants to sponsor Mackie and Judd, Old Navy, I'll take Old Navy. Not me, not me, man. I'll take what. Look, that's quality stuff, Old Navy. Okay. Yes, damn right. Uh, speaking of quality stuff, this is Mackie and Judd, daily Minnesota sports entertainment fodder, loathing therapy, and it's a feedback Friday where we take. All of your questions, comments, concerns via the Score North apps feedback tab. You can also hit us up in the YouTube comment sections and other platforms. And uh, we turn the show over to you guys. You guys drive the show on Fridays until we give the keys to Judd's keys later to a Vikings victory. Oh, keys. Give, give keys ready. It was a, thirst, more it was a thirsty here. Thursday yesterday. I'm sure keys is ready to rock. So I'm, He's you know, ready to go. I don't know how. Feeling up. All right, boys. Let's uh, let's start feedback Friday here. You know, speaking of D'Lo, with just a few pieces of D'Lo feedback for the show. I've got three of them, and we can respond here. Uh, Ubre London in the YouTube comment section says D'Lo scores twenty seven in the fourth quarter in overtime, and these bozos talk about the one block Anthony Edwards had on Embiid, who was double teamed. Whole bunch of D'Lo haters. Uh, Black Spine on YouTube says, I think our boy Mackie needs to reevaluate his I'm done with D'Lo, he's not a winner opinion. That did make old tweets exposed yesterday. So, uh, And then Jose Alberto on YouTube says, These guys are ant fans. They hate D'Lo and Cat. 
D'Lo has been the most important player on this team, and it's not close. Cat is the best player. Um, do you think we have not given D'Lo enough pie chart of praise on this show? So far? <laughs> oh, that, that's the only thing I would say among those comments that's probably accurate, but I feel like we are beginning to, rightfully so. Um, I feel like there was a time earlier in the season where it was probably right to expect more. Um, there, there, Dex and I have talked about this on Judd's Hockey Show Bunch, but there is a weird thing in this town about expecting more, expecting, and and it's like when guys give more, it's like, well, you guys didn't get it. Well, no, actually, we expected more, and now we're seeing that. Um, the cat thing is much more complicated. I, I don't feel that we crap on cat. I think that we see cat as being the tremendous talent that cat is, and therefore expect that. But we also continually preface our comments with he's a marvelous player he's a great at this he's great at that um i agree he's probably just skill wise the most talented player on this team so the one thing i would say in regards to those comments and and phil you have been harder on delo than us for sure oh sure throw me under the bus yeah you have no, just, just, just shove me, just shove me right up just shove me right out into the street yeah. i'll be very cousin-like i'll be very I'll be very Cousins-like, exactly right, and I will throw you right below that bus. But anyway, um, I think we are also very appreciative of when guys do have good good games. And I don't think that's – I don't think there's something wrong with pointing out what Ant did well. Like, if Ant made a good play and we talk about that play too, okay, yeah, he made a good play. So Yeah, I think – well, let, I'll start with D'Lo. So he, he's – I think he's playing the best defense of his career. I think he's taken on – more of a leadership role than maybe at any point in his career. You know, you could say, well, he was a leader in Brooklyn. Um, I think, I think he has evolved more as a leader and as a defensive player now than with like, like we've seen some hockey stick growth, so to speak in those departments. And even though his shot hasn't even really started, like he's had some hot games, but mm-hmm. he's had a lot of three for 16, four for, you know, 14. He had a three for 18 the other night. And despite that, he has been one of the most valuable players. Like, and you could, if you look at like plus minus, he's been the most valuable player on the team in terms of like his impact on plus minus when he's in the game. And I love what he said after that Sixers game. So they, you know, they go into Philadelphia, and Joel Embiid decides, all right, this is I finally feel right enough to now come back. You know, three weeks out with COVID, but now that the Timberwolves are in town. Ah, yep, I'm feeling a hundred percent now. And uh, they go into double overtime. D'Lo hits a bunch of dagger shots, and they beat the Sixers. And after the game, he goes on Bally Sports North, and he says, "Yeah, you know, um, some of their guys decided that tonight was the night that they were going to come back because uh, the Timberwolves are in town. But you know, it ain't so sweet, or whatever he said. And he said we're going to put the league on notice. But it was it was in kind of a couched, humble way too. And I loved it." He called out Joel Embiid. Like, this team has been a punching bag for so long. Mm-hmm. Most of 17 years, they've just been a laughing stock and a punching bag. And I like that they are punching back both on the court and through the media. And I like that D'Lo has been one of the guys that's stepped up and has led that charge. And so, um, on the ant side of things, I think long term, the goal isn't sneak into the playoffs. The goal is, you know, they're not being held to this standard now, but like eventually. Let's do some damage in the Western Conference, right? Like as the Warriors age out and as LeBron, who's already kind of aging out, 
who's next, right? Chris Paul's going to age out. The Suns will be good after Chris Paul, but there's going to be some spots in the top four slots in the West, and I think Anthony Edwards is the driving force for that level in like a year or two. I mean, look at the guy. He's a 234-pound freight train who can shoot threes. He takes over games. He's, what, 20, 20 years old? And so if the praise of Anthony Edwards has made it seem like, you know, we're not praising the other two guys enough, like it's been a collective positive effort to get this team to 500 through 20 games. I think Anthony Edwards is eventually going to be a transcendent player for this franchise and one of the five or six best players in the NBA. I don't think D'Lo has that type of upside, and I don't think Cat's personality and just he's, he's kind of a beta. Like he's a really talented player, but he's not like a he's not a grab the franchise or grab the game by the jugular type of a guy, right? It doesn't it does, no, whatever. It's not a knock. He's one of the top twenty twenty five players in the NBA. I just think Ant has insane upside compared to the other two, and I'll just I'll try to do a better job of not like demeaning the other two. While I praise Ant, if that's how it's coming off to the audience, yeah, so that's where I'm at with this. The the difference there too, though, that that's very important to clarify is in year two of Cat, we didn't say what we do now. So so like if Ant has bad games or bad stretches by what year five or six, mm-hmm. our reaction like there, the simplest explanation is this: Ant's in year two, Cat's in what year six now? Seven? He, he's been uh, around seven, for a while. Right, yeah. But the but the point is the expectations by this point in Cat's career are substantially higher and they should be. So so like don't confuse don't confuse how we contextualize a guy in his second year with with his seventh year. The guy in his seventh year needs to be treated much harsher. Like that's that yeah. simple. Yep. Yeah. I mean that's that's fair. Yeah. And I think by and large, the formula has worked just the way that Gerson Rosas and even the way that Ryan Saunders thought it was going to work, you know, when he was the coach. Uh, but credit to Chris Finch for just molding this and getting everyone on the same page. It's when a team is playing this well defensively for the most part. I know they got trucked in the paint in their last game, and Montrez Harrell had ten dunks. So you know they're not they're not playing uh you know two thousand three Pistons defense every night, but. But when you're buying in defensively like these guys are, they're clearly listening to Chris Finch and there's a connection there and they're buying into each other and Patrick Beverly's adding some of this. But I, I think I, I think I would credit D'Lo's leadership and him buying in first and foremost, uh, maybe above all else. So huge credit. Sorry, Declan. No, I was going to say, I, I think what is so impressive about D'Lo, and, and this is something I haven't really noticed until this season specifically, because you know he, he has a tendency to be a chucker, right? Like he can throw some bricks up there, even though he's a great shot maker. Watching him lately, I think I've underestimated a lot of other Wolves fans' estimated just how intelligent and how smart he is on the court. Like, he's not just a guy that's going to come up and shoot a bunch of shots because he's an elite shot maker. The dude has insane basketball IQ, just the way he's talking about defense right there. Um, I remember, I think it was earlier this week, Dane Moore pointed out that every time Dela was bringing up the ball, he was calling out all of Indiana's plays, basically. Like, his basketball IQ is an unquantifiable box score stat, and I think sometimes fans forget about how actually smart and intelligent this dude is on the court. Yep, and and I would say all of those positive things said, don't get all bristled when he goes three for 18 and gets called on it, you know? Like, right. 
Don't go three for eight. He's had a lot of those games, but those games aren't the totality of his value this season. He has been valuable despite not finding it. He's shooting 38% this season, and he's been like a major positive driving force for this team. You know, imagine once that field goal percentage goes up to where it should be, which is more in like the mid 40s, hopefully. So it's okay to expect more. Yeah, that's fair. It's also okay okay to admit that you were wrong when you tweeted things like, You know, I'm out on D'Lo yeah, but six you, games into the season. So I, I, was, a, I was a little aggressive. It was a little aggressive. Yeah, but you're an instant reaction, hard on the sleeve Wolves guy. That, that's that's, true. that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. There's a, Man, there's some good ones this week here. Uh, Art Vandelay on YouTube, the YouTube comment section, says, Why doesn't Andre Patterson get no blame for the terrible Vikings defense? The coaching staff, the entire defense, and the offensive line all deserve more pie chart of blame than Kirk Cousins. Your thoughts? So he wants what? But he wants the the Thinks we're paying too much too much attention to Kirk Cousins this week, okay. and not enough attention well, to the defensive line was all the out. The defensive line, every starter was out. So so the backups were in, which is not going to be as as good. Look, I mean, I think we addressed this last week. This defense isn't even close to being as good as we thought. I think they're 28th right now in yards against. It was before Daniil Hunter went out. Um, it, it was a top 15 defense in a lot sure. of different categories. But what I'm saying is Daniel it's just Hunter not as good. Like, like This defense, by the time we got to last week, and there are no defensive linemen who were starters playing, like my expectation shifts to okay, who's going to save the day? Because it's not going to be the backups; they're not going to be the the same. So that's why I mean, Kirk is your starting QB, and and we also blamed the offense. Like we blamed Kirk, but the offense also didn't pull its share of the weight. But that was a game in which you would, I think, you had to leave the locker room in San Francisco going into that game, saying we probably have to score. 40 points. That's that simple. The defense, I know we're all looking now at like the total defensive stats for the season, but if you looked at them before Daniel Hunter went out and then, and then after that, it was like Michael Pierce and Tomlinson put on the COVID list and stuff. This defense, it wasn't 2017, but this defense was doing a very good job, largely in pass defense and pressures. I mean, they were leading the league in sacks and pressures through like the first six weeks. And then Daniel Hunter went down. So, but it's also a testament to how hard it is to build and keep a great defense together. That if you're if you're putting a cap on your offense, either through scheme or philosophy, or by not having a good enough offensive line, and you're saying, "Listen, we're going to put a cap on our offense because we think we can win games with defense." Okay, good luck keeping everyone healthy. Good luck keeping everyone in their prime. Everyone under the salary cap and all those things. And the Vikings are getting bit by the injury bug. So again, it's there's pie chart of blame which we do every Monday. But then there's like the pie chart of who's saving the day. Who's going to save the day? It's not going to be James Lynch or whatever. Like it's, you know, oh, yeah. it's not, I mean, not going to be all, DJ Wanham. It has backup. to be Kirk Cousins and the offense. Yes. And, and here, the important thing. So the, the Vikings right now are giving us a gift and I hope we can see this. Okay. The Vikings are giving us the gift of use your own thoughts and eyes, not what the team thinks. The Vikings think, because their coach does, that they're built around defense. That's what he wants. That's his desire in life, okay? It's not correct. 
Like, I can flat out tell you, there, there's no debate here. He's seeing it wrong. This team is built around offense. Therefore, my expectation is you're going to have to ride what you got, which is offense. Yes. I don't, but I don't care what the team thinks. The team's wrong in this case. This, I, is, uh, this is one of your favorite cooking shows. And Mike Zimmer has come on as a contestant. I cook steaks. Yep. Okay, that's awesome. You definitely cook steaks, but the ingredients for this contest exactly. are seafood and uh, greens <laughs> no, or whatever. It's no, like, Phil. no, 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 I need a steak. No, I can't Phil. win with seafood. It, I can't cook a salmon. Steak. I can't cook a swordfish. Dex and I broke this down, though, on on JHS, which you can find. That's how Judd's, night. Uh, Judd's, Judd's Hockey, hockey Show for those hockey show uninitiated. After the Wild beat the Devils, okay? and we But we broke this down. Here is what the wild is presenting right now. The wild is among all of the things going well, possibly the most important is they are being run and structured and put to, and they were put together incredibly well. Uh, there are things they do. I don't get, but I see them unfold and I'm like, Oh, Oh, now I get it. You know, more than I do about this. Very smart, very smart. And that, and then I learn. The Vikings are doing no such thing right now. We we always, from the time that we're small, we always want to believe somebody knows more because they've got the, in air quotes, authority, right? Well, I'm the general manager of the Vikings. I must know. I mean, he must know what he's doing, right? I got so, that yesterday. Why, why, don't you t- why don't you have Clint Kubiak's job? You think you have all the answers. Why don't you, do you, yeah. think, do you think you could do a better job than Clint Kubiak? No, of course not. Doesn't mean that I can't have an opinion. Doesn't mean that Clint Kubiak knows more than the other offensive coordinators. Clearly, he doesn't. <laughs> but, but what you could do is is on game day. I agree because like you couldn't call plays. I couldn't. That's very true. But what you could do is Monday through Friday, basically, you would probably have a fresher set of eyes, not to be so stuck in what you think is best, and to appreciate the people around you and say what do they do best, which is what the Vikings don't do. But I just we we fall into these traps certain folks do of well Falvey runs the twins he knows more eh, you know sometimes I don't think so yeah Bill Guerin right now I'm gonna tell you knows more mm-hmm. I watch him and I'm like oh oh I will, I'm learning I will never pretend like I can do a a professional sports general manager's job or coach or coordinator's job within one percent of their ability like. Just to throw that out. But to your point, we think because someone is a general manager right. or a president of sports operations, like right. we've been around enough of these people in our careers. You know, I know that, you know, we sit here in our little studios and stuff and we're staring at you on the YouTube channel, but like for large chunks of our careers, yes. and you, you guys go to games all the time, much more than I do, but we have covered teams. We have built relationships with these people. I don't want to throw anyone on the bus, but like they're not as smart oftentimes as you think mm-hmm. or as presidents of other companies outside of sports. And so to think that like they should be, you know, free of criticism because they must know better. They must be geniuses is not true. David Kahn was a president of basketball operations for an NBA basketball team. Well, you know who else? Phil, Bill Smith. I mean, Bill Smith was sort of uh, behind the scenes, not a real baseball-y baseball guy. Yeah. Um, and, and he held that job for how long? 
Well, four years. And and that doesn't make him a bad guy, but I'm just saying, that, like, if you said, well, Bill Smith knows more, eh, does he really? No. Uh, all right, this this one's more targeted at me specifically. You guys oh. are welcome to chime in here. But Dom Clare, noted Vikings Twitter enthusiast. This was in sort of a a back and forth about Kirk versus the things around Kirk. And I made note that, you know, it's been 110 starts across seven years, and he's under 500 you know, most of the other quarterbacks who have the stats that he has, the team records are much better. Not most, like pretty much all. Mm-hmm. And Dom said, list the quarterbacks with over 100 starts that have a winning record with similar circumstances to what Kirk Cousins has dealt with. And I just I just want to use this because I, I see a lot of this, all right? And I, I don't want to make this a whole, like, crap on Kirk thing, but because Kirk is a very good quarterback. Kirk's one of the 15 best quarterbacks in the world, but... Mm-hmm. You know he's he's taking up a ridiculously high percentage of the cap, and he he comes short in a lot of big games and whatnot. But people make it sound sometimes like Kirk Cousins has played for the Lions for his whole career. Well, look at the circumstances he's had to deal with. Okay, well, let's talk about those circumstances. He's had some of the best weapons on offense, I would argue, for, for sure, with the Vikings, and even like he, he had some weapons. He had Jordan Reed and Pierre Garçon. Like, he didn't have the best weapons in Washington. But with Minnesota, he's had Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook. Like, he's had reliable Kyle Rudolph in his prime a few years ago. Irv Smith. Like, there's a lot of quarterbacks that have come nowhere near having that amount of weapons on offense. When he was in Washington and Minnesota, he's had offensive coordinators that a short while later went on to become NFL head coach of the year in Sean McVay and Kevin Stefanski. So he's worked with some of the more like innovative leaders on offense in the league. And he's also had a couple top 10 defenses as well to work with. You know, this year, the def- and last year not so much. Um I just think like we the reality is there will never be very rarely even for the greatest quarterbacks of all time, perfect circumstances. You're not going to have people expect like okay, once you get Great offensive line, great defense, great weapons, great coaching. Then, okay, then we can focus on the quarterback. That's not how the NFL works. You're you're not going to, like, the best quarterbacks, despite having imperfect circumstances and deficiencies and injuries or, you know, you know, a bad coach or whatever, help their teams win more games than Cousins has over a 100-game sample. And I'm not, I'll even throw out, like, the Hall of Famers, the Aaron Rodgers, the Tom Brady's, Tony Romo's Cowboys teams. We're 78 and 49 with him over a whatever, 140 game stretch. Matt Ryan's Falcons teams. By the way, the Cowboys with Tony Romo and the and the Falcons with Matt Ryan. Pretty sure there's been some flaws over the years with multiple coaches and defenses and stuff. Matt Ryan's teams are like 20 games over 500 over a 100 whatever game sample. Uh, I know Russell Wilson's probably more in the Hall of Fame category, but the Seahawks have had garbage offensive lines. They've had garbage defenses. They have not had a Dalvin Cook at running back since Marshawn Lynch retired years ago. His teams are 151 and one over 150 games. And so I, you know, the end of my rant here will be: stop making it seem like Cousins plays for the Lions. He doesn't, and stop making it sound like he needs perfect circumstances for him to be able to finally like help lead a team to where they're what are perfect supposed to go circumstances and i'd like to know who has them that's like, my point like right. but, i mean but tom league, brady with the patriots even didn't league, have like outside weapons in his first three super bowls i feel, I feel like i feel like 
people who say that don't watch other games because this league is built on on your circumstances not being perfect. That's the yes. whole point of the league. I mean, every Sunday you see teams um, that have to that have to overcome flaws. That's how the league is built. So, yeah, it's it's weird. It's just weird. I, I can't descri- I can't explain it now. We we've got so many people in this town who want to fall on the sword for players as opposed to care about their team. I, I just stop it. And just I feel, stop it. and I feel like to, to Dominic's point and other Vikings fans points out there that is he the unluckiest quarterback and what other quarterbacks have been there? I mean, you could maybe make a case that Matt Stafford in his first seven, eight years in Detroit, I mean, a good quarterback who was being held down by a terrible organization, but had a, had a Hall of Fame wide receiver, not always great teams around him, but clearly a very talented quarterback that had circumstances around him that weren't perfect, but he wasn't able to rise up really and, and still be able to do that. That's like the only guy I can really like legitimately think of that is similar. And Stafford's now in, with the Rams. He's got a great head coach, and I know the Rams are scuffling over this last month, but... Is 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 that the only way you have to unplug Matt Stafford and give him the most genius head coach? And now all of a sudden the perception of him changes like that. That's the only guy I can look at from the first hundred games and think, oh, OK, I guess maybe he's Matt Stafford. But I don't think it is. I, I, I think it's different. But this comes down to to me, a very simple thing. And, and the people that consume our show, I appreciate. And I don't think that they, for the most part, fall into this. Quit trying to make excuses for players that actually are to the detriment of your team. Do you care about the Vikings or Kirk? Because that's the question. And if you say, well, I'm a but Vikings people, But fan. a lot of people think that he's, that he's not only is he not a detriment, that he is the only thing that's propping this whole house of cards up. But that's, A lot of people think that. Right. But what I'm saying is I'm trying to, to um, uh, program their brains differently because that's incorrect. The league is built on flaws. The league is built on imperfect circumstances. And the question is, who is the team that can overcome that in what is now a 17-game season? And the, but, but, like, we're always looking for, well, Phil's tough on D'Lo, and Kirk, uh, Kirk did this well. Do you care about the Wolves, the Wild, the Vikings, the Twins, the Lynx, or do you care about individual players? Because if you, if you say, I don't really care about the team, then that's cool. Then you know what? Protect your player. But if you sit down on Sunday and want your team to be successful, start to look for, and I know it's not as much fun, but it's how you win. Start to look for the flaws and things that can be fixed across the board, not who can I defend. And that's where this market, including us, people in our end especially, that's where we struggle because we all, a lot of us have friends. Oh man, I sort of, I mean, Kirk, Kirk's a good guy. I talk to him all the time. I'd like to defend Kirk. We all have friends. We all have agendas. And sometimes that crap needs to be put aside for the fact that you want to win. And if you tell me, Judd, I don't really care about winning. Like you guys on your show talk about it. I just don't give a damn. That's cool too. You're in the wrong place. You're in the right town. Um, but, but that's what it comes down to. So if you are like looking to defend Kirk or D'Lo, who, by the way, I like, he's fine. Um, or, or I don't think D'Lo and Kirk are, are necessarily. No, no, but same. I'm just saying if a player I'm, I'm, I'm lumping players that people are looking to just protect. I mean, guess what? Parisi, Suter, Sano. Zucker, Sano. Sano. Think about all of the time. Think about where the wild is right now. And think yeah. about how long people spent their spent their time beating their heads against the wall to tell 
people like Judd Zolgad, you're wrong about those guys. They're good. You don't understand. Bill Guerin came in and saw what I saw. The difference is he's won basically four Stanley Cups and said, I'm and, blow- and now they're like in position to win this Stanley year. Cup. But why are they there? Why are they there? Because somebody came in and said, this is BS, which is what this show does and which is what our, our viewers and listeners, and I really appreciate this, a lot of them do. I mean, Ventline is full of people like us who are tired of uh, agendas of defending players and just want the damn team to win games and possibly a championship. Yeah. Well, uh, one last quick thought on Kirk, because there's, there's another question here that I think is going to make Judd's head explode. Um, he is – it is amazing how he can avoid – not on this show, but he can avoid blame for almost every loss because he's he doesn't throw a lot of interceptions. His passer rating is always high. And so it's, he's, it's very rarely going to be primarily his fault when the team loses. But then he avoids all criticism if the team needs someone to throw a, you know, flotation device, and he sta- and he stands there and is like, "I'm sorry, I'm not gonna, I, I can't bail you out here." Now, has he bailed the Vikings out two or three times this season? Absolutely. When you zoom out to his entire career of a hundred plus games, and you take the four years of Vikings and you take the three years of Washington, it's a different story. He still has the rest of this season. This is in, this is an imperfect team. But there's still enough here, and the schedule is favorable enough to do some damage. And it, the defense isn't going to magically get fully healthy. Daniil Hunter's not coming back. The coaching staff's not going to be perfect. It's on you to bail this thing out. And some people feel uncomfortable with that conversation. Uh, Vicodontis Rex on Twitter, which is a great handle. Great handle. Why, why do Minnesota writers hate the Vikings so much? All I see is negativity. Where are you looking besides? Well, I think he's talking to me. Well, Courtney is critical. Mm -hmm. Chad Graff is properly Mm -hmm. critical. Matthew Collar is properly critical. Judd is properly critical. I think, I think there's, there's a lot of, a lot of people who are right, but that's Vikings not hate. haters. But that's not hate. That's okay, properly hater. critical. That's right, properly hater. critical. I'm Judd here for hater aid. There are when I so so Vicodontis Rex. Is that right? Yes. Great okay. Vicodontis Rex. There are numerous outlets that you can go to that will give you what you want. Um, Vikings.com is a great place to start. That I mean, it's fantastic. They they give give you analysis and breakdown of the upcoming game um and they'll properly point out matchups to watch and stuff uh but i think that you're taking hate here here's my challenge Vigodontist, i want you to subscribe to the boston globe and new york post for a month and read their coverage of their teams and then come back and tell me if you think that that courtney cronin matthew collar judd zolgad chad graff hate the vikings arif Hassan. Hater. Hater. These haters. I think, so when I read this comment, you know, why do Minnesota, and I'll, I'll interpret this to say, not just writers, but why do, why are people critical of the Vikings? All I see is hate. I translate in my head to say, you want to be lied to. This is a five and six football team that hasn't been above 500 in almost 700 days. They're going to miss the playoffs if they're not careful for a third year in four tries with Kirk Cousins and Mike Zimmer. They've only been to the playoffs like six or seven times in the last 20 years. So if we want to zoom out to like the macro here, 
We want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. We talk about that every day on Purple Daily. And so why would we be happy with a team that's been below uh, below 500 for 700 days? And I know that there's a lot of people, stakeholders, that have microphones or uh, or write about the team that I think their loyalty is more with their relationships with the team than it is to the audience. I would rather tell you the truth personally than just choose optimism for the sake of like preserving a relationship with someone on the team. I feel like our loyalty is to the audience and to the fans. Yeah, of course. And the truth is this franchise, if your goal is to win a Super Bowl, is mm-hmm. wildly underperforming. And so if you want to call that hate, you can call it hate. If all of it's through the prism of wanting them to win a Super Bowl, I don't know how it can possibly be hate. I think it's about it's tough love. Poking holes and yeah, tough love. It's tough love. We're tough like love. good parents, man. <laughs> We're like but yeah, but it's weird that um I feel like though I feel like there's a certain subset and it's probably not huge it feel it feels bigger than it probably is of fans that feel that the media that's not in in their mind positive enough about the vikings should quote come around why don't you come around and see it the way that certain folks do and you know what that's just not possible it's not good and you know vikings.com is a great place to go and stay vikings.com will give you what you want it will it will spin things positively, and you will be very pleased. But if you think that the independent uh, press in this town is just going to all like be, be like, well, yeah, I mean, Kirk's just fine. Uh, I I don't get what you I get what you want. I don't think it's healthy. That felt uh, therapeutic. I, f- I feel like we find ourselves sort of explaining our stance, and we disagree on things on the show here too. But I think where we do form a united front is. Man, there's just a real aversion to like having expectations for your favorite team, and, and then I, you know, the pushback I've been seeing this week more than any week is, mm-hmm. so you really think that you having high expectations on your little oh, Mackie and Judd and Purple Daily Show uh, is going to really make a difference? I don't know if it's going to make a difference, but I, I again, we're we're speaking to the audience. Well, we're, and we're speaking to you guys. I don't think the three of us will make a direct impact i do think that when we do vent line and we have the amount of smart intelligent vikings fans come on yes that may that that's a unified enough front and a bit big enough voice that i'm going to tell you right now the people that consume us and are really really smart and good yes i i think that that does three people like if we were the only three people that cared about a super bowl then no i think we're I think it's fun, but it's it it basically goes nowhere. But when you see the amount of people that join us on Ventline, yes, it, you can't tell me that the Vikings don't care about like oh who cares about them? That's a fairly large group. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's let's pause it here, boys. Plus, I think we're having some weird internet issues here. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's the Vikings, the <laughs> Rick Spielman's Gremlins State on. Yes. So we'll pause it, and then we'll see if we can nudge Judd's keys to a Vikings victory to show his face here, Mackie and Judd. I mean, I've been throwing a football all my life, so uh, that kind of comes naturally, just like catching a football. Uh, I mean, me and Adam throw the football every single day, so uh, it's all about just practicing it, uh, seeing it in practice, making sure everybody's on the same page, and 
Uh, when it comes to the game, I'm confident enough to make the play, make the throw, and yeah. You're never worried about like under a pressure situation, like being off target. No, never. You know who else is never worried under pressure about being off target? His keys. Yep. Judd's keys, always cool, calm, confident, and mildly hungover. Yep. That's the key, too. <laughs> That's the key. The key to keys? His surly beer. He never like, drives. Never, no, drives. never drives. Oh, no. He always no, puts no, the keys no. in the I drive in keys the around. Basket. Yep. I, no, no, he doesn't drive at all. He doesn't have a license. I show for keys. Got it taken away. That's I, why I heard he does take uh, uh, Stella's phone, though. I heard his phone plan's been uh, in and out. Because I've gotten some um, calls from Stella, too, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, and he's got some d- data pr- problems, oh, too boy. much data, overages. I've There's always thought problems. he had some uh, some data issues yeah. there. Yeah, he, he does uh, have some data out. issues, yeah. no question about it. Uh, so this mm-hmm. is Judd's keys to a Vikings victory over a Detroit Lions team that has played many close games. This game scares me. I want keys to talk me off this ledge here, please. Okay. All right. Four keys to a victory against the Lions on Sunday in Ford Field. Sent to me, looks like early this morning, he's sleeping right now. Mm. So he's not to be bothered, okay? But I've got him. Key number four. Actually, Phil, it's going to play into what you're saying, but it's important. That key, assume nothing. Assume nothing. Now, I would imagine that the Vikings lost to San Fran on Sunday and the Vikings very narrow week five win at home against Detroit um, would take care of this. But while the Lions have yet to win a game this season, they Holy are... cow. Okay, the music is insanely loud for me. Is it loud for keys too? Yes. Okay, can, we, rip, can, we, just, me or you? can we just rip the music please all together? Sure. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I have it at like a pretty... Low no, normal I think, volume. I think we're having just technical problems today. I think, I think today so is too. a technical challenge. Yeah, because okay. it, it was Dude, loud, the... but I assumed it was just in my headphones. And it's I, being the me. consummate professional that I am, and keys is not. I was no, just going to power yeah. through. It, something's something's up with our with our board or our system. No. So let, let's go acapella here. All right, no. let's go. Well, something's wrong. Something's wrong with our board. I don't. Believe, I refuse to believe that. All right. Assume nothing. The Lions have yet to win a game this year. They do have, have one tie, but they're 0-2-1 in the last three weeks. They've been outscored by a total of, and Phil, this dovetails perfectly into what you've been trying to say all week long, a total in the past three games of five points. So, in other words, you need to come out and you need to go, especially offensively, this might sound like a broken record by now, full throttle. Like, you need to come out and destroy them. You don't need to come out and say, we're going to win. So so I, I will give you a nod, Phil, in saying that your concerns can be taken care of if the Vikings come out and offensively say, we are going to go after them from start to finish. Yeah, here's, a, here's something. I'll give you a little preview of purple props on Purple Daily this weekend. The Vikings and Lions defenses both allow the same points per play. Or, I'm sorry, uh, yards per play. Interesting. So they've both, you know, mm. their journey, their journeys to get there have <laughs> been different. The Vikings were very dominating for like a month defensively. Then they got hurt. The Lions have had the Lions have actually had like two or three really big clunkers defensively, and then they've they've had some good 
sort of shutdown performances. Uh, Dan Campbell. Be tough to. Dan Campbell. Man, crying so on the sidelines. Man Campbell. Uh, big victory. <clears throat> Key number three. Alexander the Great. That's right. So Cook is not going to play, d- despite the fact that Zim <laughs> Zim said he's day to day. He should be fine. Um, in the week five win over Detroit at U.S. Bank Stadium, Alexander Madison on 113 yards rushing on 25 carries. The Lions, 28th in total defense. They are surrendering 30, uh, 376.8 yards per game. Uh, they are surrendering 134 rushing yards per game. The Vikings can establish the run fairly easily, I do believe, in this game to then go to the air and use the pass. Detroit giving up 26.3 points per game, 27th in the league, which unfortunately I think is one spot ahead of the Vikings, but nonetheless still bad. But everything about this lends itself to a game in which you can run the ball to to set up the pass and you should have plenty of success in both. How many plays for Kene Nuangu on Sunday? And by the way, for people ripping us for pronunciation issues, the, there's been two broadcast teams that have pronounced it differently. I went back to the Iowa. Yeah. Is it Iowa State, right? Yep. I, I went back to the Iowa State yes, play-by-play guy, multiple games. Kene Nuangu is how they pronounced Nuangu, it in Iowa okay. State, and that is the college that he uh, played at for four years. So nice work. So whoever last week, some the, one, the whoever the broadcaster was last week was saying Wong Wu, and somebody else had a pronunciation calling him Kenny. It's Kene Nuangu is how you pronounce it. So how many? I want I want like Kenny. six seven touches. Mm. I want I want minimum. Oh yeah. And he, I mean yeah. he's going to be the backup running back, so he, it, it's probably going to be more than that if he's you know spelling Alexander Madison. I personally I would personally like to see about ten. Yes. To, but but you know get Ten. but get creative too like don't just give him the rock which i think i think he'll be fine with that but like get creative come up with different ideas there like this guy has this guy is the type of guy who allows really smart offensive minds to be creative so do that be Let's creative paint, paint a canvas don't just uh, amen don't just do some don't just do hand painting finger painting amen key number right. 2 is sponsored by Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Get get risky this weekend, Vikings fans. Um, risk management is what Federated specializes in. They're basically your offensive line against risks on defense that could impact your business. Think about how winter weather could negatively impact your business. Uh, you just want to make sure that your bottom line and your employees are protected at all times, and that's where Federated comes in with great resources, smart people. They have great relationships going back over 100 years with various businesses in the Twin Cities. Find out more about Federated's resources and people at federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Key number two, and these keys are largely based on one thing, because if, if the Vikings don't win this game, let me be very clear. The Vikings are going to have beaten the Vikings. Like this is not going to be Detroit beat you. They played an unbelievable game. Brett this is going screwed. To, this Brett. is going to be you beat yourselves. Key number two. Be realistic, comma, Zim. Be realistic, comma, Zim. This is the type of game in which I think to go back to um 
the past two keys. I think the Vikings should be saying, we're going to put up points. Like, we're going to do our best defensively. I'm not saying you're not going to, okay? But we are going to put up points. This is a bad defense. Our offense, conversely, is is good. Uh, and where Zimmer needs to be realistic is, is Pierce and Tomlinson expected back. That should help. That should help. But that being said, this defense is still, at this point, not great. And so the realistic notion in this game is, how are you going to win? Like, what's going to be your calling card here? And it's offense. So so I don't want to hear pregame speeches about, you know, we allowed San Francisco too many rushing yards. Yes, you did. But you know what? I'm not shocked by that. So I don't want to hear, like, this is going to be the game our defense comes back and really um, – emphasizes that we're still good. I don't know. You might not be. I don't really care at this point. The realistic notion is, Mike, you're the football coach of a football team. And that team, their greatest strengths lie on the offensive side of the football. Embrace those. And don't don't sweat something that's about your pride. Find the best way to win. You know what's amazing? Last week, the Vikings gave up over 200 yards rushing and over 30 points. And they still had at least two chances to win exactly. that game at the end or to like tie it. They, they probably should have scored closer to 40 points, which is something they haven't done in 39 games. Hmm. 39 games since the Vikings have scored 40 points in a game. It's only happened four times in Mike Zimmer's career, eight years as head coach. You know, I don't think you have to be a, you know, Kansas City Chiefs putting up 40 points a game like they did a couple of years ago. I'm not expecting, you know, the 98 Vikings offense here, but. This is one of the most talented groups of weapons. You got a capable quarterback. Let's uh let's 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 put a 40 burger on the Detroit Lions and just end all hope for that miserable franchise on Sunday. Exactly. Three touchdowns early and then keep your foot on the gas. Yep. Let's make it happen. And if all you right? give up 21 points, you give up 21 points. That's fine. Yeah. Whatever. And key number 1 Key number one, who haven't I mentioned yet? Oh, I know who I haven't mentioned yet. Captain Comeback. Kirk Cousins is is coming off what I consider eye test-wise to be his worst game of the year. Um, I think the passer rating for him on Sunday was like his third worst or something. But, but it was anyway, still 93. Look yeah, exactly. Passer rating, one of the top exactly. five of all time. But in but in what but in watching that game. That game is a great test for Kirk, personally, in my opinion, because because he threw the pick on his first pass of the second half, and he never recovered. Now, the problem with Kirk is, oh, my God, is this going to continue to carry into the next game? Because we've seen that before, too. Um, and so this is the captain comeback time. This is the time that Kirk, we need to see Kirk say, you know, I allowed that pick to affect me and impact me far too much. And this next game, I'm going to go to my home state and I'm going to hand it to the team that I probably grew up loving, rooting for, seeing as a bunch of sack of losers, the Detroit Lions. <laughs> he did. He grew up, he probably did grow up a Lions fan, right? Yeah, it's, which explains uh, a lot. It so, really does. It's not so, his fault. So see, now no, you're not, on this. Like, Kirk, it's not your fault. Kirk, it's not your fault. Don't you do this to me, Zim. Kirk, it's not your fault. Anyway, the memory of the San Francisco game needs to be completely purged, and and everybody, Kirk, Zimmer, everybody, 
needs to lean in to the offense, and we need to see. Phil's right. You know what, dude? You are exactly right. 40-plus points. How do you guys feel? So Kirk, Kirk Cousins has a 104.0 passer rating as a Viking in you know 58 starts. How would you feel about retiring that number? Let's put 104.0 <laughs> up on a banner and raise it to the rafters inside U.S. Bank Stadium. Huh? Who's coming with me? Jax. Unless Dante is coming up there too, I'm not doing that. That ain't that. Ain't like that. Dante, Dante, like Dante, one hundred four point oh. Yeah, sorry, guy. Mm. Mm. Sorry, Dante. Yeah, you can get, you can get your don't roll you, on you at the concession stand. But you're not going to get a banner in the rafters. Don't you? Me and those my small hands will be getting our roll on, raising that eleven. I'm ready to go. What about his? Uh, and you could round up if you want, Declan here. But a sixty-eight point eight completion percent. What if we put that up in the rafters too? Sixty-eight. Well, it's a little shot short from being pretty nice, but uh, I, I don't know if I can yeah. do that either. I mean, people love his stats, man. People yeah. love He's the Tom Kirk Brady. stat. Let's put him in the rafters. Actually, you know what? Hang the do? banners, baby. Oh Just God. put a box score. Just put all of his box <laughs> scores. Hang him from the roof. Every box score that uh, he's accumulated oh, with the Vikings. Look at those numbers. The I know numbers. the Vikings got trounced in the second half, but the oh numbers my God. are so good. His passer rating was over ninety odds. Oh, Week great. ten in twenty nineteen against the Broncos. Hang the banner. Hang it. But you know what? <laughs> I really do believe that that this game, because it it's. <laughs> Detroit and they stink I get all that but this game does provide a great bounce back opportunity in how it looks and what the score is I don't think I'll save my thoughts for for I think it provides a really good opportunity I think you should hammer I think you should hammer them hammer them Phil hammer them hammer who the Lions on Sunday the Vikings should hammer them they're not going to the Vikings should I'm sorry keys I know that keys just went through this whole thing but like I think I, I think you, might you right. Keys, and Declan need to check yourselves a little bit here, okay? Dan Campbell has had three extra days to study the film. Well, I agree. I agree. They won't. The, they should, or to eat the canisters of film. Here's the thing: know, I am setting them up where if they they win by three, I'm going to rip them apart. Oh, yes. Be prepared. I'm going to rip them. Yes. So there they are. Judd's keys to a Vikings victory over Thanks, case. the Detroit Lions. Don't forget Vikings Vent Line on the Purple Daily YouTube channel right after mm-hmm. that game is over. And you can also find our Purple Props edition on Saturday of uh, Purple Daily 2 where we take sort of a you know, gambling perspective and look at the trends and the market. So, all right, that's a wrap on this Feedback Friday and Judd's Keys edition of Mackie and Judd. We'll see you guys. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.